Hello, and welcome to episode 148 of the Nintendo Jump podcast. We are a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. Today is April 29th. My name's Kellen, and today, as always, I'm joined by my good friend Sergio. What's going on, man? Hey, Kellen. Things are going well. You know, I I don't know how I feel about April overall, but in a way, I'm glad it's, it's going away. I think May and June, especially July, they're going to bring a lot of cool games coming up. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm really excited, and I think some really big announcements are going to come out soon, so super stoked to see what they've got in store for the rest of this year. All right, we've also got my good friend Kevin with us today. How's it going, man? Man, I'm doing well. You know, I am ready to showcase my polar bear story in Metopia. I mean, it's already <laughs> happening. We're going to know about, you know, Beckett's and Bucket's big sister, uh, older sister. She's going to be super cool. And uh. I don't know. We'll just, we'll just go play. We'll see. <laughs> That's if I get the game. But um, if I were to get the game, that would be it. <laughs> that would be the story. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Kellen? How, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty good. I appreciate you asking. I downloaded the Metopia demo as well. And while the polar bear idea is cool, I really struggle with creating me's. So if you can pull off making a polar bear me, like more power to you. But... <laughs> I don't know. I struggle. I tried making a cat and it turned out looking like a buffalo. So I just kind of gave up. <laughs> oh, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, this week is also our game of the month episode. And that means that we have to have a special guest. And so joining us this week, we've got our good friend, Laura, aka Phoenix in our discord. How's it going? It's going really well. I mean, you guys kind of complained about April, but you made it fun for me with uh, RPGs being the theme. I played a lot. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you killed it this month. So we definitely wanted to have you on the episode, and we appreciate you making time to be on it with us to talk about all the different games you played and just kind of get some of your general thoughts about the genre as a whole. So thanks again for taking the time to be with us. Oh, thank you. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, like I had mentioned, it's our game of the month episode because the month's ending out and for a little over a month now, because we had some awkward timing leaving the previous game of the month, we've been playing RPGs as a community, role-playing games. And so it's been really open for our community. We've been able to um, choose any game on our backlog, any game that recently came out, any game that we've played before, play through it and talk as a community, discuss what we like about the genre, the games that we've played, the experiences we've had. And so this episode's going to be really cool because we'll be able to go back through our listeners' responses to a survey we sent out, discuss um, the games that they played, thoughts that they had, and then share our thoughts as hosts. So always really look forward to these episodes. Um, They're pretty community-driven, so that's always really exciting. But before we get into that discussion, we did have some news to go over. And Kevin, you briefly mentioned it. Metopia has a demo out. And does it sound like you've downloaded it then? It sounds like I didn't. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Actually, you know what? No, I did. I, what am I thinking? I did. I just never, I haven't played it yet. It's, it's on my Switch and I'm ready to start my Polar Bear journey. But you know what? I, I mean, there's another game that I got that might interfere. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's going to be hard. I don't know how to balance these two, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, maybe a snap decision on where you're going to go there. Um, is anyone else here interested in playing Metopia? Like we had mentioned, the demo just came out. I downloaded it. I haven't gotten very far at all. I still don't know much about it. But is this a game that interests you guys at all? I don't know. I, I did download it too and started it a little bit. But it kind of makes me just want Nintendo Land. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I started and I was like, oh, you know, I, I like the Miis and I actually liked the Street Pass games on the 3DS. So mm. there's some of that that's reminiscent as well. And then I'm like, well, just bring those back. Don't do not do Miitopia. But <laughs> I haven't played it. I didn't play it on the 3DS. My son was initially excited about it. Um, I don't think so much anymore. Monster Hunter's kind of taken over his world. But um, I don't know. What, what do you think, Sergio? Curious. You know, it sounds it sounds interesting, but I'm not more much of a me person. I mean, I had a few on my 3ds, and a few even more on the Wii. So, you know, if 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 it was an easy easy way to transfer them all to here, it would be maybe more interesting. But I think I'm gonna pass. Um, there's definitely other games that I'm playing at the moment. But I mean, it's cool that some off the wall games like this are getting ported to the Switch. So it gives hope to other maybe some some other games that didn't have as much of an impact on previous systems. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. Um, mm-hmm. Having missed out on a lot of the Nintendo consoles before the Switch, I'm always game for seeing these types of games come over mm-hmm. that I missed. I know it's less exciting for other gamers, but I feel like the Switch really pulled a lot of people back into Nintendo, and so bringing over these games that were on other consoles seems almost necessary in a way. So it's really cool to see them come back. And speaking of games coming back, we have a long-awaited sequel, I guess you could say, <laughs> in New Pokemon Snap. Yes. Sergio, yeah. I'm sure you're a little more excited about this than Metopia, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. It, you know, it's a, it's a new Pokemon game. It might not be like a, like a story-driven, RPG-esque type game, but it's a new Pokemon game, and that, that's exciting enough. Yeah. I'm bred on the RPGs for now. <laughs> so <laughs> I think uh, having... And I, I am unapologetic for saying that because RPGs can be quite a bit, but no, I yeah. think it's, nice. it's time for a new change. You know, I'm, I'm down for a Snap, Crackle, Pop. I'm ready for a Pokemon game. I'm ready for some photography, you know, like just taking pictures and using different fruits and, you know, <laughs> illuminating orbs of some kind to get the best shot of Pokemon, the pocket monsters. So I'm ready to go. I got the game downloaded and I'm hitting the road. Nice. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm actually pretty excited about this release. This will be the first Pokemon game I've played since Fire Red. So oh, wow. it's, it's been a while. <laughs> um, I really hope to see a lot of the original Pokemon that I'm familiar with right. mm-hmm. in here. But then I'm also looking forward to like exploring and getting to know other Pokemon that have released since. And I know I've got a lot of catching up to do. So uh-huh. I'm really excited about this. Laura, is this a game that you're interested in? Slightly, I I didn't play the previous Pokemon Snap, so I'm not I'm not as familiar with it. And I I have played several Pokemon games, um, but you know I I'm kind of waiting for this summer, and that's where my budget has gone to. So I feel myself kind of waiting. It's a wait mm. and see sort of approach. Mm. And luckily, I have Kevin and Sergio, and it sounds like you to to let me know if it's worth the the sixty dollars or not. I mean, if it's Pokemon, it's, I'm already in. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely give a very good um, uh, analytical uh, review on it. So, you know, hopefully, as, as every Pokemon game we've done. So, uh, yeah, we will report back, hopefully, with very good results. <laughs> we, will, we will think of the nicest way to say no. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That's perfect. Oh, man. I just don't want it to be a Pokemon Sun or moon situation for me. You, we've already talked about this. I'm not going to go back again. But I'm excited, though. I, I think that, you know, it 
it has kind of a spirit of Animal Crossing, you know, very relaxing, you know, some some sort of like yeah. lifestyle simulation, yeah. and you know, just with Pocket Monsters. So I, I'm ready to go, and I'm ready to snap, snap, snap. Ah, dang, <laughs> <laughs> nice. And you know what? You don't have to take our word for it. I think we should just get our community to play this game and talk about it next month. What do you guys think? Oh yeah. Should we should we put it to a vote? Oh <laughs> well, we already did. And can I announce it? <laughs> Go for it, Kev. Let's do it. This game of the month for May is new. Pokemon. Snap. Snap. That is the name of the game. And if you're not ready, oh, you better will. You will be. You better be will. I don't know. I'm just going Yoda. I don't even know, man. I'm just... I. Snap, Pokemon new. So I'm ready to go. I mean, you guys are ready to go. And then Laura, you're gonna see if it's if it's something pretty good. So hopefully yes. you'll be ready to go. We're all ready. <laughs> so. That had me question if I truly am ready to yeah. go because that was pretty hyped up. Yeah. I'm excited, but I don't think I'm ready to go. You know, I just thought of this two seconds before we started recording, so I don't know. I just I'm feeling it. I mean Ah, Man. Nice. You know, and it's it's so it's May 2021 game of the month. So I say we call it Pokemon. Oh, it's a little hard to say, but nice. we can try it. Let's get that trending. I'm I'm down. After Mario October, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> that one was rough. Yeah. Yeah. So like we had said, Pokemon Snap this next month is a community. Feel free to join us. Um, we'll do a similar thing where we play through as a community. We have different discussions. I'm sure we'll share screenshots of different cool pictures that we've taken in game. And then at the end of the month, we'll get together and do a special episode celebrating Pokemon Snap. So that comes out later tonight. I feel like that came out really fast. So yeah, it's here. It's exciting. I'm ready. All right. Any, any <laughs> final thoughts on Pokemon Snap before we get into this RPG goodness? Negative. All right. I think Kevin <laughs> said it all. He's definitely our hype man. Oh, you know it. And I was thinking like negative, like the photography, you know, negative. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you uh, go. Noakes. Joke. Not really. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Let's awesome. go. Mm -hmm. So like we have referenced, we sent out the call to our community with the survey and we had asked them to go through and talk a bit about the games they played this month, thoughts that they've had on the genre, changes they'd like to see. And so... This episode's going to really be focused around what our community said, and then we'll throw our thoughts on top of all that. So the first thing that we really wanted to know from our community is, what games have you guys played? Because this is probably the most open game of the month that we've had ever, just opening up to a genre. And right. we had just short of 20 games submitted through the survey, 20 RPGs that our community not necessarily completed, but started playing and really progressed in, which is really cool, like 20 different games. Um, obviously the two big ones that came out this month that really drove us to just making it an RPG month was Bravely Default 2 and Monster Hunter Rise. And so that came around quite a bit, but looking at the list of games that people submitted, it's pretty varied. We've got things like Stardew Valley, Diablo 3, Monster Sanctuary, Bug Fables, um, Final Fantasy 8. So current games, a little more historic games, just a really cool mixed bag here. What do you got? What do you guys think about having that type of game of the month instead of just focused on one game? Yeah, I think that's a very good approach uh, because we can even get into discussions like we have and we will about, you know, what really makes a game an RPG. And some people may think differently and they, and they, they go with that game. 
or even a game that has some just some RPG elements. So the fact that it's very open ended, it makes more. Uh, it means that more people are gonna participate, and it's gonna be easier to do so because you can play a variety of games and not just one or two very specific games. Yeah, and I think it's always cool to have it this open ended because for RPGs, it's all about going at your own pace. I mean, look, we all have our own lives and with so many things going on, but. Uh, I mean, having something like an RPG game of the month where you, we can play all these different kind of RPGs, I think it's it definitely brings up you know different things we like about RPGs, things we don't like, and yeah, I just it feels like it. it I feel like there's gonna be you know more to this. It's, it's gonna be more involved, and we're gonna get some really awesome answers, which you have, which we have already. So yeah, I agree. I think it really shows how vast the genre is both mm-hmm. in, you know, different variety of types of games, but also, you know, so many different um, games that have these extensive series and, and arcing stories over multiple games. And, and I just think it really is, is cool because you get to learn about more RPGs from other people, what they're playing, what might speak to your tastes. And um, I think that's what has really propelled me to be so excited about this month mm. and what we've been playing. Yeah, you know, as a listener of the show for a long time before jumping onto the show and being a host, I really enjoyed listening to the Game of the Month episodes, but every now and then a game would be chosen that I either didn't complete in the month or just didn't interest me. And it's great because you can really dive into the game, you can talk about the story, but then there's also the worry about spoilers. And we always did a pretty good job about having like an accessible discussion for everyone and saving spoilers till the end so people can still listen to part of the episode and those that played the game can really enjoy talking about it like at length, but I always felt a little disappointed in myself if I didn't get to listen to the full episode right away, mm. either because I wanted to play the game later or I just haven't completed it yet. So it's cool in this format because it's super accessible to anyone to listen to. They didn't necessarily have to play any of these games to understand the discussion, and they don't have to worry about listening to the show and having different games spoiled because RPGs... As we all know this month, they're a time sink. Um, you can spend 60 plus hours easily in a game, especially if you enjoy the world and the combat. And so to have like a spoiler cast type episode on a game like an RPG would be really hard to do. Um, so I think this format's great where we can just talk about the genre as a whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So our first couple questions were more just general and then the discussion ones were down towards the bottom. The next question we wanted to know was how exactly RPGs ranked in people's favorite genres. And it's kind of interesting. The different categories were my absolute favorite in my top two, my top three outside of my top three, but not my least favorite. And then my least favorite and the votes were split right down the middle for the top four. So Mm. it's kind of interesting Um, for a handful of people as their absolute favorite top two top three outside of top three but not least favorite but it wasn't anyone's least favorite which was good to see at least oh i'm glad we didn't bomb this month but (laughs) um where does this rank for you guys are rpgs like top tier for you guys as far as genres go or where do they fall and what comes before them i had i had to really think about this answer because I don't play a lot of RPGs nowadays because of how time-consuming they can be. But I was thinking, well, okay, so what are my top genres? And the only one that I I can definitely put above RPGs like right away is rhythm games or music music music-based games. 
I love those for sure. But then I thought, well, then what's second place? It still has to be RPGs. I may not play them that much, or I may prefer shorter ones, but man, I still love them. So yeah, uh, second place for me. It's definitely not my favorite genre, uh, unfortunately. So I am not one of those, uh, but it is in my top three. I still love playing RPGs, even though I have very... <laughs> high expectations for certain parts of an RPG, but mm. nevertheless, I th- I feel that it it does have the most. It's one of the genres that has the most depth. It has the most versatility in terms of what you can do with the characters, the story, the gameplay, the uh, the world building. I mean, there's a lot that goes into an RPG. Um, my other two would most likely be platformers and adventure games. So those are in my top three. Full stop. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for me, I feel like joining this podcast and the community initially, I was really um, there for the multiplayer games. That was something I like Splatoon. That was something that I really uh, was seeking out and found that most of the time when I had fun playing games, it was with playing with other people. And RPGs are usually solo experiences. So uh, while I enjoyed the ones I played, I never really thought it was like my genre. And then... um, I really have to credit this podcast and Daryl, you know, and Beck specifically, and even you, Kevin, who and, and Sergio have gone on about certain RPGs that you really liked. And I feel like the turning point was um, hearing uh, Daryl go on and on about how much he loved Xenoblade Chronicles and trying to convince you, Sergio, to play it. And it was like... <laughs> Well, you know, gosh, man, he makes it sound really good, really good. And, you know, and like you guys, I didn't want to spend a bunch of time in in um, not being able to complete another game because like Octopath Traveler, I absolutely loved, but I still haven't finished it. And I'm in a position now in my life where unfortunately I don't I don't have a nine to five to go to right now. So it's giving me a lot of time to game and. I really discovered through this experience with this podcast and the community that RPGs are my favorite game. And I think you were Mm. talking about it, Kevin, with all that you can customize. It's such an immersive experience. And being a part of a community where you can kind of talk about the game as it's developing um, just heightens that experience even more. So I, I think I've... I struggled answering this question because I love a lot of different types of games. But at the end of the day, I think RPGs are my favorite. Oh, nice. Wow. Very well said. And in terms of Sergio Games, Neoblade Chronicles, we, we've had segments where we're like, <laughs> Sergio, buy this game. And he actually bought the game. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, oh, gosh. Well, I felt like you were singing it to me, too. So I did buy it and actually beat it among the other RPGs this month. Oh, nice. Laura, nice. buy this game. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you explained that really well. Um, there's something about RPGs where people are really passionate about the genre, especially about a game that they really care about. You mentioned Daryl with Xenoblade Chronicles. I met people that are just super passionate about Skyrim or all these different RPGs, the Final Fantasy games. Um, it really instills that in people. And I think a lot of that is just the immersion that the genre brings. So I don't know if I can say it's my favorite. Um, I would hate to lump all multiplayer games into one genre because they can be so varied, but I really enjoy online multiplayer games. We can play together. I can play with friends or family. And then it's probably roguelikes and then it's RPGs. Mm. Um, So Mm. definitely still in my top three. I will say RPGs are probably the most satisfying genre for Mm -hmm. me. 
when you find one that you really like and you can get lost in the world, it really goes up there. And I think as far as the design and story goes for RPGs, it really goes up there too. The only thing that really discounted it for me is the time commitment it takes. I don't get to play as many as I'd like. And so it was hard for me to rank them higher than number three if I only play one or two a year, whereas I'll try out like 10 plus multiplayer games in a year or a handful of roguelikes. There's just less of that commitment. And so I think that's part of what pulls me away from RPGs just a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Completely fair point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time is so... Uh, that's like the biggest thing about RPGs is like the time it takes to complete one. <laughs> Sometimes I struggle <laughs> with it. <laughs> For sure. Um, so hopping down a bit, kind of segueing off of what Kevin said, we also asked our community what's the biggest change they'd like to see in the genre. And some of the responses were just how lengthy they are. We got a response saying that it'd be nice to see more 15-ish hour long games. Um, that would definitely push the designers of the game a little bit just because of the nature of RPGs. But I think it could definitely be done and it has been done. And I would like to see more of those offerings. That's not to say that, you know, RPGs shouldn't go into 60 hours at times plus, but having that 15 hour sweet spot for a game would bring a lot more people into the genre just because it makes it that much more accessible. So what do you guys think? What would, what's the biggest change you guys want to see in the genre? Yeah, I definitely agree with that about the, uh, making them shorter so they're more accessible. It can get a little bit risky because I can definitely see some developers thinking, well, we're just going to make like a full-fledged RPG, like a 60-hour game, and then we're just going to break it into like four chunks. And I mean, if they release them like that as download games and each one costs maybe 10 or $15, that, that should be fine. And in a way, you can decide how many of those games you get to get the full scope. But, you know, it can it can be interesting. I, I definitely would appreciate more variety in terms of how long an RPG is. But the answer, my answer to that question is I want more unique battle systems. Um, that is not to say that they aren't already, but I just love a battle system that has a very unique catch to it or, or a very fun element that keeps you wanting to keep uh, fighting, not to grind, but just because you like the battle system. I love it when... When a battle system is addictive. So that's what I want to see for sure. Awesome. So of the games you've played this month, were there any that had that type of combat system? Like what did you like from the games you've played? From the games I played, I, I guess the, the the one I play the most is Monster Hunter Rise. And I definitely like the battle system there because it's that game is basically just fighting bosses all the time. Every every fight is a boss fight. Uh, it takes a while, but it's very rewarding and very satisfying. So I, I do like that about it. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, I I do agree with the whole, you know, keeping it a lot shorter than like the whole 40, 60 hour thing. And then having something that is like just having that gameplay just like grip you from beginning to end. I think for me, and I this might be a hot take, but I think the art of story has been so lost in in RPGs in terms of like just having something original, blue ocean model. Like I I feel like there's just way too many save the world sort of thing. Like it, and that's probably just because I don't really like that anymore. I don't know if <laughs> I've grown out of it, but it's just it's overrated, and I'm, I'm I'm unapologetic for that. Like I just don't like it. I think that there needs to be more of and, and I'm not asking for, like, you know, like, something just completely original, but something that's dictated more from the characters. And I just... But, yeah, like, I guess 
just something different besides saving the world all the time like that's not realistic to me and i know that we're playing games where it's like you're imagining in a different world where you're like oh like i can do all these things that i can't do in real life but i kind of want something that's relatable i want something that like hits home to me that it that tugs my heartstrings at times makes me emotional i mean that's like when i see stories where it's about saving the world from destruction or the planet is about to go down or you're you're trying to prevent you know bad guys from getting the four crystals and even if there's a twist at the end or something if there is like make that more engaging like don't make me wait for 40 hours just to do that because i just it it's not gonna do it for me and i just want something that is shorter snappier give me that kind of engaging story that can make me feel different that's what i want to see yeah i think that makes a lot of sense and I said that I wanted less memory loss, and I, I specifically meant that trope. And I think that would probably shorten a lot of the games, because then you then you don't have these characters that are having to fill in all this yeah. backstory of what's happened. Right. And it's like, a good story can grip you right away. Like, you can, you can get pushed into this world, and you're totally confused by it, and you're like, what the heck's going on? But you're still you know, the story elements are still building, you know, you still want to go to the next chapter and figure out what's happening rather than recovering stuff from the past. Or like you said, Kevin, having to save the world. And, you know, we had a few exchanges um, talking about Bravely prior to this, and you had mentioned something like that. And I was like, but I really like the hero's journey. And then I'm thinking as you're talking that the hero's journey doesn't have to include fighting a big bad uh, out in the world it can even be something very internal you mm -hmm. know and, and something within yourself that you're trying to overcome and i think if rpgs were able to bring that into the forefront it would it would appeal to a wider audience you know i think every game i played this month had the word calamity in it and i kept noticing like everything's talking about these calamities like geez you know but i think you bring up a really good point and i think that would be a really cool direction for rpgs to go I'm so glad you're on the show. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm trying to get at. And I mean, and especially now since mental health is so important. And mm -hmm. I want to see more about the internal, like just the internal being, like finding your own demons. That in itself is a story. And it could start yeah. with one character. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, you know, I really like the idea of a simplified and streamlined story. That was really a dominating theme in the responses from our community. I think that also solves a one of the biggest problems for me because they're so long i have a hard time sitting down playing any game for 60 hours like within a month or even two months or three i like to jump around a lot i like to try out a lot of different things and i don't necessarily get um, pulled into a single player game very often so when i play for you know five hours in a week and then i put it down for two weeks and then i pick it up and play again i have to remind myself who characters are where i am right. what the story is and when the story's not streamlined or simplified, or there's just way too many parts to it, it becomes hard to go back to those games. And so while I think it's still okay for some games to have those really deep stories and a lot of lore, it'd be nice if they could find some sort of way to implement once you start back up a recap of what you experienced from the last time you started up the game. Just a quick little synopsis of, oh, you met this character, this is their intention, and you're still going towards this town to fulfill this objective. Um, because it's really hard to start an RPG, put it down, and then not start back over once you want to take it seriously again. Well, I have an RPG just for you. Uh, I oh, do you? Yeah. I do, yeah. And it's actually a Pokemon game. I believe 
Pokemon Diamond and Pearl did that, right, Surge? Where you they do like a I think a brief some like just like the last time you played, like you know you were at this town, and right. then they just put you back <laughs> to where you were. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that does sound familiar now that you say that. But yeah. I really like that idea, Kellen. That's really yeah. Exactly. I'm all on board for that. Yeah. How was that received? I didn't know that that was a thing in Pokemon of all games. I feel like you wouldn't really need a story recap in a Pokemon game, but... You, you know, I'm going to be honest. Um, I only thought of it just now. When I was playing the game, I didn't really care. But now, now when you brought that point up, I'm like, oh, this actually happened in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. And, I mean, obviously, we're... we're we're not that excited about the new, new the new game. Right? No, we're excited. I'm I'm excited, but anyway, it's <laughs> that was a thing that was very interesting about a Pokemon game, and and like and yeah, like I do agree, there should be a recap somehow. Just like when you come back, it's like oh, here we go. Yeah, I really like that. Um, another response I really liked from our community came from Cube, and he said a better, more streamlined intro or tutorial. I think that's really cool. Um, just because there's so many layers to RPGs at times and there's so many menus like I constantly get lost in menus while playing RPGs and I was thinking back to even when I played Xenoblade Chronicles 2 last year it felt like I was 40 hours into the game and I was still going into fights and tutorials were popping up like hey do this after you do that and then this will happen and then you want to do that and it's like, well, run that by me one more time. Like, <laughs> it's crazy just how much depth and how many systems they can put into the genre. And I feel like some games do a good job of streamlining it. I feel like in a lot of times they throw you into a battle right off the bat. And then they slowly teach you through different text boxes or different actions you're forced to take. How to learn the combat or manage your characters or navigate the menus. But at times it is pretty overwhelming to just get thrown into it. And then you may use what they taught you for a while, but then you'll forget about it until in the late game when you have to use that system or that menu that you kind of forgot about. So I think they could definitely do a better job of, like Cube said, just streamlining it and doing a great job of teaching you how the game works. Yeah, true. That's a good answer. Um, I experienced something like that in Monster Hunter Rise. It, there's so many things you can do. And I would actually say the the menus in the tutorials are very good. But I noticed they missed a couple of things that ended up being pretty essential. Like, you know, you're you're a monster hunter and the game doesn't tell you, yeah, you should probably sharpen your blade between <laughs> oh, <no>. between fights. <laughs> or, yeah. So I realized, you know, it, it's very, you can miss one thing in a tutorial or they may not have it in the tutorial. And it can lead you to think that the, the menus or the tutorials are bad. Even They just miss one thing, so it's very critical to get everything right. I mean, respect to everyone that works on, on all these menus and tutorials because, you know, they're very difficult. They have to find the right balance between teaching you things and not making it, like, boring or even overbearing, trying to teach you too many things at once or just stopping the action you know sometimes you you, you don't you don't want to see a menu you want to keep playing the game so man reaching the balance must be pretty difficult but yeah um it's an art in and of itself i think yeah i can definitely see that um one of the games i started this month was final fantasy 8 and there are a lot of interesting systems in that game that weren't in other final fantasy games because you're drawing or taking elements off of people you're fighting so i could draw like a fire element off of them and I could either store it on my character or I could cast it back at them. I could then use those stored elements to attach to different um, attributes like attack or defense. And those have different abilities. 
you have these summons that you hmm. equip to different characters and then they can learn different abilities and you have to go into their menu and always select the ability you want them to passively learn. And just the junctioning system has so many different menus is complicated because you don't run into that in other games. So you're not familiar at all. Right. And sure they taught you how to do everything, but it was kind of once and then they left it to you to figure out. <laughs> and it's pretty confusing. I feel like menus have definitely come a long way in more modern RPGs yes. and the mechanics have become a little more streamlined, but there's still definitely room for improvement. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, Having played a variety of games this month, like Diablo 3, Bravely Default, Xenoblade Chronicles, and even a little bit of Monster Hunter Rise, I really saw very different battle systems and menus, uh, enough that I think Bravely, and I'm a little biased here, I will admit, does it really well in terms of introducing you to what happens, what how the menus work, what you do. I mean... I'm going to have to pick Sergio's brain because Monster Hunter is really uh, overwhelming me right now. <laughs> and Xenoblade does do like you were saying, Kellen, and I played the first one, not the second, but still there's a lot that pops up. And I'm, I'm working on the Future Connected portion after the game now and mm. more tutorial stuff and is coming up. And I think it makes sense for this portion of the game because it's like end game, sort of another chapter that connects the two. Um, and Diablo... Diablo is just kind of, you know, building from previous iterations of the game. So if you if you had some familiarity with one or two, you kind of know how to work the menus. But coming to it new, I think it would be like I imagine how I feel about Monster Hunter, where oh, it's man. really overwhelming. You know, yeah. and thank goodness I had my son to tell me to sharpen my blade because I would have had no idea otherwise. <laughs> um, uh, but I. And I, I like that there are so many different types of battle systems and, and games, but I think you guys are bringing up some really great points about streamlining those things, integrating it even with the story and how um, it can make it really accessible, not so overwhelming, and keep you in the game, you know, which I think these games need if they're going to be so long. <laughs> yeah, and I am also a bit biased with Ray Really Default too. I think they did a pretty decent job with... Uh, showing you how the battle system works as well and even like in the very beginning where they just show you like a battle and, and you can fight and you don't lose any hp and you're just able to okay this is how it works and then you can try different do they show you once or twice ah <laughs> you're only brave once <laughs> i'm hovering over the end call button i'll have you know <laughs> Bye. i won't finish that sentence yeah um i I know this is not an RPG, but I I wish that more RPGs can be like Bioshock. It's like a first-person shooter that does a tutorial very, very well. Like it literally integrates the way you learn how to play with the story, with the gameplay. Like is it's just if they can take some bits of pieces from that, I think that that said RPG will be a much better way to get more into it. So, oh, uh, shouts, but yeah, so. I think that's a good example because with Bioshock at the beginning and actually through most of the game, it almost feels like a Metroidvania too, where right. different things are kind of walled off until you understand a concept that gets you through it. And maybe that's something we don't see very often in RPGs. There's definitely areas that are gated off by maybe a strong opponent. I remember in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, there's that big gorilla thing in the starting area that's like level 100 that walks around <laughs> and kind of keeps you from going places. But... With RPGs, it would almost be nice if 
it was more like Metroidvanias where different areas were gated off until you performed an action that's critical to the gameplay because then you yourself thought to do it and you've proved to the game that you know how to use the system. I could see that almost being like an effective tutorial because tutorials and RPGs, they're just a bunch of text boxes a lot of the time, unfortunately, and you have to flip through and try to remember it all. And they always have like the library you can go back to to reference certain things, but that's like the last resort to go back to. So I think hands-on tutorials are definitely the way to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a visual learner. So like, I mean, just reading through text, I mean, yeah, while it's there, like it's not always going to do it for me. And I'd like to, I like to see examples. I like to see how it's done, see how it's played. Mm-hmm. So that's ideal. Awesome. Did you guys have any other points about improvements you'd like to see in the genre? Well, I I think because I'm such a big fan of multiplayer games and RPGs, I I would like to see more of them immersed, you know, and and in a very like and not I don't mean in the Diablo kind of way, but I think it'd be really cool to have a story and that really brings in a multiplayer element, but you don't have to like if if you mm. could even just somehow meet up online with another character and and get to share some of their story or something and then move on and do your own journey. I just, I think there's a lot that could be uh, cultivated there to make some really interesting games if if they choose to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a big fan of multiplayer games. I definitely agree with that point. I know that would have me playing a lot more RPGs, so I'd really <laughs> like to see that done. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, like wouldn't it be cool if the party that you go out exploring with could be your friends? You know, like that, that would be pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Because really in RPGs, the characters are such a big focus and you're really supposed to care about them. But inevitably there's always like one or two characters in a game that no matter how hard I try to care for them, I just don't feel connected to them. But I feel like if I were playing online with a community member or a friend and they were in trouble, like in the story or in combat, I would really care about that and it would kind of heighten the experience of the RPG in a way. So that's really, that's a really cool thought. Awesome. So the next question that we had is kind of looking at elements that are in RPGs and ranking them on what's most important. And so we threw out a couple for people to rank. We said, please rank story, gameplay, world building, and characters in order of importance. And responses here were pretty varied, kind of interesting. In first place, world building did not get any votes. Characters and stories were tied and gameplay was right behind it, Mm. which is kind of interesting. Oh, wow. So story and characters in RPGs almost seem linked because the characters drive the story. They're a big part of why the story is even happening. But when you kind of separate the two, I know that's hard to do, especially in some games, What do you guys think is most important? Is it the story or is it the character? Let's break this tie. I really, okay, I loved and hated this question because uh, trying to order these things is really hard. And, and those, those two characters and story, I think is where I struggled the most because I, I picked gameplay first because I feel like if you don't have an accessible gameplay, that's a hurdle you just can't get over. Yeah. Um, as much as you love the character story, world building, like if you're fumbling with controls, you're, you're not going to get anywhere. And if you've, so I, I settled with characters next only because if you've got really good characters that they're inherently going to have a good story. Mm. And if you connect with them, 
you therefore will be able to kind of make up your own story to fix what's not in the game, Mm. (laughs) Um, maybe, right? If you're really in the role-playing element of an RPG, that that's where you're going to lean into. At least that that's what I decided on. Um, And maybe I felt that way because as we've discussed tonight, you know, the story sometimes is a little lacking or it goes on for so long that you don't really know what's happening anymore or whatever. And I, but I do believe that characters and story help with the world building. And so if you've got those two elements strong and, and sound, the world building is going to take care of itself. Oh, this was really easy. I don't even care about that much about the story anymore. I think the characters are number one. I think that, <laughs> um, and I say that because playing a lot of RPGs in the past, like a lot of them do a lot of the same things with like tropes, saving the world, or it just gets monotonous. And I could care less about the story. If the story was even decent, then that's great. But I think that the characters do make the most importance because um especially if you can relate to them and like what laura said like you can make your own story out of that but the story of the game itself not that important to me anymore um and i don't think no it's because i'm jaded by the rpgs i played for the past 20 25 years but it is what it is i i think characters top it and then gameplay is very important um i mean if 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 it's not that engaging, if I'm not having fun with the game in terms of like how it works, like I'm not gonna have a good time. And a world building, yeah, it's it's important, but it's not the most important. So nice. And you know, I I had a story first, but b- based on your points um, that everyone has been making, I I think I'm I'm kind of seeing why. When when I think of an RPG that I really like, one that I played before, I I kind of remember the story first, but I only remember it because of the characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so exactly. I don't know, maybe I have it backwards. I guess the story sticks with me, but when you think about it, the characters are the ones that make up the story. So they're they're definitely very tied together. But I'm also I I also had gameplay first because yeah, it, it's a role playing game, so it's a game first and foremost and it has to be fun and engaging to to keep you coming back to whether the story and the characters are good or not that game has to be fun first yeah i think you guys make really good points um i had characters first as well and especially in rpgs like you become these characters so you spend so much time with them you really have to connect with them and they really have to be strong um obviously the story and world are important i think those are things i really look for in rpgs but I could be in a perfect world with a perfect story, but if I don't have characters that complement all of that, having that strong story and world but weak characters is really going to shine a bad light on the character design. It's just yeah. going to make them appear even weaker. So I think it's definitely characters and then story. Gameplay's definitely up there. I think I kind of discounted that, but listening to you guys talk about it, it's true. A lot of RPGs you're just navigating a menu and you could spam a over and over and over and progress through the story and maybe even beat it. And that's not really engaging. Like it gives you the opportunity, obviously to navigate the menus, make different selections, but it just doesn't feel innovative. And I think the great RPGs really have that distinguishing factor in their gameplay, just something a little bit different in their formula that really makes it pop. So I really agree with that. And it was kind of interesting on the surveys though, the topic that got the least amount of, um, I guess, highly rated votes was world building. So mm-hmm. I guess the world isn't nearly as important to people as the gameplay, the story, and the characters. 
Which does make sense. I think a lot of worlds in RPGs can kind of blend together. There's only a handful that really stand out to me apart from others. Um, but a lot of that really comes from the story too. And I think that story and characters kind of create the world building. So I could definitely right, see those being right. ranked ahead of the world. Awesome. So in talking a bit about characters too, this was an interesting question. We had asked, and this was a debate question back on our opening RPG episode, which is more important, a strong hero or a strong villain? And strong villain ran away with 63% of the vote to 37 for strong hero. (laughs) So for a while there was pretty even, but the villains, they broke for it right at the end there. Do you guys agree? Like strong hero, strong villain, what's most important? Strong villain, 235%. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I... You know, the hero You lost co- this debate last time. I'll right. have you know. Yeah. That's true, but look. He's about to lose it again. Oh Ooh. no. <laughs> look, I I think a hero can become strong in the end. I think the hero can be weak in the very beginning and just like trying to figure out his or her way in life, but a strong villain is what makes the game the RPG like I I mean, I'm not even getting to Final Fantasy 15 because that was a failure, but <laughs> in terms of that department, but I think that I want somebody to just be like, yo, you better hate me for this whole game because I'm going to get you. You're going to feel things. I'm going to tap into different emotions. I want that feeling in the RPG. They have to be the biggest jerk in the world. And I need, I think that's what, that's what drives the emotional investment that I have for an RPG. Like one, at least one of them, like give me the strongest villain ever. And I don't know. I, a strong hero, eh, not that important. <laughs> yeah. But who's gonna beat your strong villain? A collection, like right a there. collection of heroes, not necessarily a strong <laughs> hero. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully we can have strong heroes and even heroines because I, I think while it's really great to have a strong villain, if you don't have a strong hero, whether that be a character that you're really connecting with and and pulling for, or if you go as far to you know, make a character like yourself, you want that person to overcome the villain, right? Right. So, I mean, you can have as strong as a villain as you want, but you want your hero stronger. So that's where (laughs) I I feel like it's got to be the hero. I'm more of a strength in numbers kind of person. So I'm all about the team. So strong heroes or strong heroines or combination of both. I mean, that's, that's my spiel, but Oh, I I see your point. I think that's great. Yeah, no. If if we're talking, I just thought like you're rooting for the protagonists, whether it's singular or multiple. You definitely want want them stronger than your villain. Mm. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But you you know, I I also have to side with a strong villain. And the way I the the way I see this is like this: a strong villain can make a hero out of anybody, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. a strong a strong hero could actually keep away a villain because they're so strong. Like why why do I even bother? You know, I'm gonna get stopped right away anyway. So that's how I thought. Oh, Kellen, winner of the metagame last week. Help me out here. (laughs) I mean, if the villain's too strong, then. People wouldn't want to be heroes, right? Because they're like, oh, I'm just going to lose. So counter-argument, counter-attack, Bakugan, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot of ways that you can read into this question because there's a lot of different ways you can look at strength. There's physical strength. So maybe the villain's super strong. They could like destroy universes or worlds. That's pretty strong. Maybe a hero can do that too. 
But at the same time, I think strength of a character really comes down to their complexities as well, like their motivations. And so I think villains with an interesting motive are less common in games and they're more interesting and complex, trying to understand not necessarily that this villain's trying to destroy the world just because he's evil and he's always been evil, but right. what about him turned him that way? Was he ever good? What are his motives? It's kind of boring when it's just one-dimensional world domination, and it's kind of the same with heroes because a lot of the stories are, oh, I have to save my partner, or my friend got kidnapped, or my world's going to be destroyed. But I think it's more important to have a strong hero because, going back to my original argument, that's who you're going to be spending all the time with. And if you don't enjoy that person, if they aren't interesting and complex and strong in that sense, then it kind of diminishes the time that you spend with them. You aren't wondering throughout the story the decisions they're going to make, what's going to be revealed about them, if you're going to get another layer of like character development. And they really do have to be strongly written if you're going to get that. And so I think that's why I'm team hero on this one over strong villain like strong villains definitely appreciated please give me more than just the generic world domination yeah. um <laughs> perspective and really motivator but yeah strong hero all the way oh that was eloquently said Kelly. <laughs> you you would be a great lawyer or an amazing debate team captain because you you've got it <laughs> thank you look at this team of strong heroes taking on those villains yes <laughs> The uh, strong villains, aka Pikmin eaters. <laughs> just, just kidding, not really. <laughs> yeah, that would make you a villain. All That's right. right. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious with the games you guys played this month. What were, if you had to pick just a favorite memory, either a part of the game or just something that these games created inside of you what was your favorite takeaway from this month for me it was something that we discussed on, on one of the earlier episodes for for rpgs this month and i mentioned that i felt like it was hard to connect with a character that was generic uh, a character that wasn't like specifically created with his or her name uh, a story backstory and traits if you create your own character you know i felt like that that felt a little like too simple it, it didn't create a connection but i'm i'm happy to say that i'm actually seeing the opposite in even something like monster hunter rise because the the game world itself makes it very appealing in in it makes a big deal out of you the hunter so in a way you you do connect with your character especially if you give them your name and or if you make them look like you 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 really connect with them and, and then when the world and the story are kind of bringing you up and connecting with that character also it kind of brings it all together so i can definitely see like a, a created character can be just as significant to people or to the player or to an rpg so that was my favorite moment that's awesome how about you kevin yeah i i mean Characters, speaking of characters, I feel like the characters in Brave with the Fault 2 were a nice gem, just learning more about them, their quirks, how they interact with each other, you know, with the dialogue back and forth, and even the voice acting was surprisingly good. I I wasn't expecting, you know, very, like, good voice acting, but I've been very drawn to the four protagonists in Brave with the Fault 2, and 
just seeing what drives him to be at the very best has been a very nice thing to see. And then a close second would be the boss fights. I thought they were, you know, very, very nice in this game. And yeah, I... So yeah, characters and boss fights. <laughs> awesome. And how about you, Laura? Well, for me, I think it was really the shared experience of beating and playing Bravely Default 2 with Beck. Um, you know, I think this is this is where my love of multiplayer games kind of crossed over, and, and oh, she and I mm, were nice. texting each other constantly. There would be these moments of, like, she'd be a little bit ahead in the game, and then I'd catch up and even go a little bit further, and then she, and so we were kind of leapfrogging each other along the way. <laughs> um, and it really just uh, made a really amazing game all that much better. And I would encourage others to play that way if, if it's possible for them. And, and I think that's kind of even what the game of the months that you guys put on for us does, because it gives us a, a, a touchstone or a game to talk about. And um, I mean, it was so much fun. And I think within the game, uh, there was a, a big reveal and I won't spoil it, but, uh, she totally predicted it and knew it was coming, and it was just so awesome to to share. Like you called it, you totally called it because you know there's when you have a witness to that, that's really exciting. And I was really glad to be the witness for her, <laughs> nice. uh, totally uh, calling a plot point in the game. And uh, it just it's an amazing game, and I really think everybody should play it. So there you go. That is the ideal way of playing RPG, I would think, you know, having a buddy that you can share experiences with. I think that's incredible. And I'm really glad you had that experience with Beck. Just seeing it from the outside looking in, like, um, I think that definitely gives a new dimension in appreciating RPGs because, you know, each of us have different experiences with RPGs and just sharing that with someone is always special. So For sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd say my favorite moment from this month. So the two games I focused on primarily were Final Fantasy VIII and The Witcher 3. And my favorite moment was any time I wasn't playing Final Fantasy VIII. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding, Kevin. Breathe in, breathe out. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. But my favorite, mom- <laughs> my favorite <laughs> moment did come from The Witcher 3. And it was because it really opened my eyes to what an RPG could be. So this is a, a critically acclaimed game. It's one I never saw myself playing, but I bet on a sale and I just decided I'm going to try it out. And... There is this side quest early on in the game where you encounter a villager. He is worried that his brother was lost at war because he hasn't come home. And so you venture out on your horse with him to try to find his brother in the fields just to bring back the remains for a proper burial. And you end up finding his brother, but he is with one of the enemy, a member of the enemy army, and they're hiding out. And the enemy defected from his side and you are given the option to either take him back to your village and worry being labeled the traitor and ran out or just deserting him. And while it's just a side quest and it has no real story implications because it isn't part of the main story, so it's not a spoiler, um, it really shows just how complex a game like an RPG could be where I'm not just playing through an RPG doing a side quest that's like, go over here, pick up 10 twigs, bring it back to me for a potion. But they made the side quest like really emotional and really impactful. And I had to sit there and look at this character on my screen and be like, well, what do I do? Like, do I risk taking him back to the village and protecting him? Um, What are, you know, what should I do at this point? And I hadn't had that experience since I've played Outer Worlds where you're faced with similar 
um, decisions, but those are more like main story driven. So to be able to see just how deep a game could be and how emotional it could be in an RPG, I think that was my favorite moment by far this month. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about the world of Witcher 3. I I just really liked um, the older RPGs. I feel like the backgrounds you run through are almost like painted images on the beginning Final Fantasy games, and you may have a couple people running around the town, but it just doesn't feel lively, and I think part of that's just the system requirements from when they came out. They couldn't handle as much you know, active motion on the screen or loading in so many images. But in The Witcher 3, you go into a town and there's kids playing in the street and you're like riding your horse in and they clear the way for you and they're talking and you just feel so immersed in it. And it's the most well-written RPG that I've ever played. The world building's great. The quests all seem decently meaningful from what I've played so far. And I'm just really enjoying it. So definitely recommend if anyone's looking to find a game to uh, get into. And it runs really well on Switch. I was really surprised. Oh, wow. Uh Uh-oh, I better add it to my list. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, they did a great job with it. I've always seen Witcher 3 from afar. I've always wanted to play, but I just was like, oh, it's going to be a time sinker. I don't know, but maybe one of these days I'm just going to stop making excuses. Plunge in. Yeah, I think to your point with Final Fantasy, I think it wasn't until Final Fantasy 7 where the world building was just like actually immersive like oh my god like i'm in this like what's this midgar like what are all these like it seems very futuristic and <laughs> i feel like i am doing that bomb mission which is not a spoiler because everyone knows about that <laughs> so um yeah i which is the first mission um but yeah i i think that there the older final fantasies in terms of like the world building it hasn't really aged as well <laughs> unfortunately but yeah i still liked it <laughs> For sure. So other responses from our community, I just wanted to quickly highlight. Swilly said his favorite um, experience or memory was the immersion into the worlds, which we talked about. It's really important. Dragon said, rolling credits on Bug Fables, a flawed game that has a lot of spirit and heart. He got very enthralled with that game by the end and really enjoyed the final chapter leading into the final encounter and then the post-battle scenes. I've started that one, but haven't finished it. So it looks like I've got a lot to look forward to there. Mm. Cube. Mm-hmm. I love Cube's answer. He said, selling a lake's worth of water to buy equipment way before I should. Um, <laughs> it's crazy how RPGs let you do that where you could <laughs> just grind like the level one bird over and over and over to get overpowered or sell like these dinky little items to get equipment. I know he mentioned before that breaking the game like that's kind of cool and kind of appealing for an RPG. More power to him. Um, I th- that was so funny to read a lake's worth of water. Um, Foror's Dragon said getting to a point where I'm about to beat gold Pokemon gold since I've been putting that off for 20 years <gasps> oh. hey, no better time than game of the month right yeah I'm pretty sure you did too so big congratulations yeah. Yeah. yes very that's good. awesome breaking down that backlog and then mm-hmm. Shy Guy said um, playing along with my daughter in both Pokemon and Stardew Valley so I think that kind of brings in what was mentioned earlier about being able to play RPGs with other people and sharing them mm. with them. I think that's such a great part of RPGs. It's hard to do at times, but when you're in a gaming community like this, it becomes a lot easier. All right. So to get into the two big games that came out this month, we've talked a bit about them, but now I just want to open the floor and really have you guys gush about them. So we asked members of our community if they played Monster Hunter Rise to rate it, and we got a couple eights. 
couple nines. The highest was a 9.5. And I'd say averaging all these were just below a nine. So Sergio, mm. you, you spent some time on this, right? Would do you agree with that? Is this a nine out of 10 game? Yes, I'm, I'm actually the 9.5 out of that list. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Spoiler, yeah, but oh my goodness. So yes, I, I, I love, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with the franchise already. It's my first Monster Hunter game and I'm already a convert. I'm, I'm, I'm in love with this franchise. Um, I, what I do have to say, for anybody that has been on the fence about it, I know I was for the longest time because it seems like a very intimidating franchise if you haven't played it. And there's definitely a lot of things you can do. So you're probably going to be thinking, well, it's going to take a lot of time to to get involved in how the game works and to get familiar with everything. And then I don't want to slow people down in multiplayer or things like that. Let me tell you from my experience, at least this game, this um, entry in the, in the series, it's so, um, what's the word? It's so welcoming. It's very easy to get into. It does a great job with the tutorials, like I mentioned. It misses a couple of things, but nothing too bad. And even in your first mission, you're already getting the hang of things. There's definitely a lot of things that you can do in this game. So there's a lot of menus and sub-menus that you can do. But once you get going, you're going to know what shortcuts, what buttons to do, how to use items really quickly. And it, it all adds up to a very satisfying gameplay. Like I said earlier, it's more about every quest is more about a big boss fight. And it's very satisfying to spend, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes fighting this single monster. And eventually you take it down. It's a great feeling. And now, it's also very open-ended because you don't necessarily have to slay the monster. If you want, you can just weaken it and then capture it. You get different items that way. I'm, I'm more of a traditionalist. I, I prefer to slay them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very open-ended. You can even go on quests just to find items. So you don't even have to focus on the big monsters per se. There's also small ones around that you can uh, get items or materials for. And there's... 14 total different weapon types and I'm only using one and you you kind of you you kind of have to find the one that works for you but there's the fact that there's 14 so many different um, combinations there's some that use ammo and some of them don't so it's very open ended uh really really so many things that you can do and um, I also only focus on the single player part of it but the game and the franchise is known for being for being very popular for multiplayer questing so there's even that I, I feel like I've only scratched the surface um, on this game and I, I already love it. So if anybody has been curious, has been on the fence, if you see any part of this game that looks appealing, I I think you should definitely give it a chance and I think you're going to be very, very satisfied. Everything about it adds up really well. The, the world itself, I, we talked about world building and I, I think that's actually one of the strong points in this game because you're protecting a village. So all the quests are sort of related to it. The story itself and the characters are not very not very well defined, but the world is, if, if that kind of makes sense. And it's a very unique approach to it. And the music, it, the music in the game is so good. Um, I actually already pre-ordered the CD soundtrack for it, but Ooh. when the digital one goes for sale, I'm actually going to click the, the purchase button so hard that my <laughs> finger is going to go through the... <laughs> through the mouse i already have a backup mouse in case <laughs> wow so what uh, weapon are you using sergio 
I'm using the the great sword, like the big sword. Okay. Uh, okay. It, it slows you down a little bit, but this game actually introduced a couple of things that make you faster. You have a mount, and you also have a wire bug. It's kind of like the hook shot in the Zelda games. Oh yeah. So you can use that to like escape from a sudden attack. It's it's really really well done. The controls are very tight too. Yeah, I have to agree with you. So I'm I'm a little late to the Monster Hunter Rise party just because uh, my son gave it to me early for Mother's Day after I beat Xenoblade Chronicles. So I just got Ooh. it last weekend. And, I, you know, at first it was a lot of us hunting together, which I liked, you know, I liked the, the shared experience. And then, you know, he had to go to school during the week and he's like, all right, mom, so your job is to go through and you need to do, you know, X number of, of, of quests. And I'm, I'm taking this very seriously because, you know, I don't want to be an embarrassment when we go out pillaging together. Um, but, but I was really kind of pleasantly surprised that I didn't die every time. And, <laughs> And I was like, wow, I'm slaying these big monsters by myself. This is pretty cool. Nice. Well, not by myself. I've got my Palamute and my Palico there. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, and I, you know, I talked a lot to a few different people about it. This, this, you know, as it's come out, I'm like, oh, I don't really think it's the game for me. But he's been so into it. And the music, like you said, Sergio, I would hear, you know, as I'm walking through the room and he's playing and I'm like, what's that beautiful music? (laughs) Turning my head to to listen and come over and hear it. And um, I like it a lot more than I thought I would. The fighting reminds me a little bit of Breath of the Wild. And I don't know if Mm. how far you got in that to get to some of those big battles, but it has a similar feel, and I love the wire bug. That's probably like, my favorite part. <laughs> it's just like scaling over the tops of big, huge mountains, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Is that that whip thing? I have like no clue besides the trailer, but isn't there like a almost a whip or rope that you use to kind of get around? Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a grappling hook type of thing. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, Serge, have you been playing with other people, Monster Hunter? I know you've uh, played by your a single player on your own quite a bit but have you been playing with other people no i haven't and i guess i kind of settled myself into that before i got the game i thought you know i'm gonna be a noob basically i don't want to slow people down but now that i've actually like gotten to play the game and realized that it's not as demanding as one might think yeah i kind of wish i had played um some quest with our, our community because there's a lot of people on our discord that really love this game and are still playing it They're, the game recently got a big update so there's still a lot of content coming up so i might join them and definitely for the next the next game i'm gonna be there in multiplayer from day one because it's very accessible the game does reward patience but it's a lot of fun to play yeah that's neat because the fact that you gave it 9.5 and you haven't played with other people i mean that speaks volumes of how good this game is so i mean yeah that's, mm-hmm. that's great i mean dang oh i'm gonna have to take a look <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i would say try it out for sure you know i think the demo is still available right. and um it it really surprised me and i i am looking forward to playing it more because i do think it it is much more um uh, engaging and even like the repetition of going out for battles and battles and that's kind of the game i was like i'm not going to be interested in that but it, it makes it interesting it really does yeah good stuff that's awesome that's one i really wish i would have bid on but between the witcher 3 and final fantasy games i mean <laughs> that just seemed like such a time sink but yeah i hope to not be too far behind if i ever pick it up you really sold me on it, it seems really interesting 
Oh, nice. Well, it would be awesome to hunt with you guys. So mm-hmm. if you get it, let me know. Yeah, definitely will. All right. And so the other big game that came out recently, we've talked a lot about it on this episode, is Bravely Default 2. <laughs> yes. And I know of those that have played it on the show, they absolutely love it. And based on the review scores from our community, this is pulling right about a 9 as well. So 9 out of 10 again, just a never, another heavy-hitting RPG on the Switch. So mm. I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Just what are your general thoughts, impressions? What comments do you want to share on this game? I will, I will preface this with saying like I've never play, I never played the Bravely games before. Mm. The Square Enix games that I have played, like Octopath Traveler, I've really loved. So when it was coming out, even though I thought it was either a port or, you know, a sequel, or I was really kind of confused about what it was. I was like, oh, I'm going to get it. And I downloaded the the first demo and tried it out a little bit, but didn't get very far. And then when the second came dem- demo came out, although I downloaded it, I decided, you know, I'm not, I don't want to spoil it for myself. I'm just mm. going to wait until it comes out. And I, initially, like the cover art, I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. I love it. And then the the actual characters, I was like, this is sort of, they're sort of weird looking. Like, I didn't love the art style initially, um, but it really grew on me and it didn't take long. Um, and I think that was helped by, you know, Kevin mentioned the voice acting and the music and even the, the world, which at first is sort of strangely 2D, 3D. And the, the reason for that, you know, the game opens like it's opening a book. So you're, you're in a, book you know in a story kind of thing and it and it plays well with the world building um i i really feel like this game does a great job of introducing you to new elements along the way adjusting you to the gameplay to the battle systems to the characters uh it it really is just it was so captivating to me from from the outset and there was cool stuff that i had kind of figured out how to do before the game told me but then it was cool to have the game tell me and like, oh, yeah, you're doing this right. Um, there's stuff along the way that you kind of see and you're like, hmm, what's that? And then it does come into play later in the game. Um, I don't really want to spoil things and give things away. But uh, the team of four, I think Kevin touched on it. They're they're really amazing. I was particularly drawn to both Adele and Gloria. Mm. It was it's really fun to have uh, female protagonists that. I, are just really um, strong of character and of mind, you know, and also really great in the battles. Um, and for the game, I think one of my favorite aspects of the game as I went along was I initially had kind of kept people in the jobs that they were in. And and then I think it was Beck and I were talking and I was like, you know, I think ultimately I want to have everybody trained in all the jobs, which I knew then meant, okay, I'm going to 100% this game. And the only other game recently I have felt that strongly about was Phoenix Immortals Rising, which is also a really great game. And I 100%ed that as well. And this game, I think you could go through easily, feed, you know, beating it within 60, 70 hours. But I... I poured a lot of time into this game. I think for some reason it took me a lot longer than Beck. Um, I think I think my save was like 150. Whoa! Hello. And that's because nice. I I did all the side quests. I did you know I grabbed all the chests. I got you know I got everybody the jobs maxed out. It was it was so much fun to do that <laughs> and to have 
a game that feels kind of like that's a little grindy at times, you know, and you, you know, you're trying to level up these jobs so that you can go fight this guy in, in, or guys as way you want to. But um, I didn't tire of it because the characters are just so great and you want them to have all the skills that they need to, to fight all the baddies. And um, as the game progressed, you know, and you don't have to do some of these aspects, but the way that you could, it, it really just, I, there's so many um, cool little twists that happened that really changed my way of playing the game. Because you could just like, okay, this person's going to always be the healer and this person's going to do this and, you know, whatever they're doing. But by the end, I was using jobs that I hadn't used in most of the game. Um, and it really just elevated the game to a, a, another, like, upper echelon level of enjoyment for me. And I think that's where I would really encourage people to to explore those jobs and and play with how they play with each other and go up against different um, weaknesses and immunities and resistances. It's really, it's really fun. But I, I'm excited to hear what Kevin's going to say too. That was a very good way of describing the game. I think that the jobs and the battle system, those were probably the strongest points, well, besides the characters, the strongest points in the game. Uh, I love the fact that when you're, when you have these jobs, you can like mix and match. Um, Daryl mentioned at some point uh, during the game of the month where every character has can can uh, they start with equal stats which is great because then you can have any job to fit any character you want so you have that maximum versatility in terms of like how you want each team to be and what's cool about these jobs is that you can gain abilities from the jobs that you can keep forever so once you keep those abilities you can like save your uh, a white mage and then you can you know there's certain abilities that you can get from the white mage and then you can apply it to a different job like maybe a black mage or a ranger and then you can uh, you can mix and match and see how they play because there are certain abilities where you know you're you're healing some mp or hp every time you attack i mean it's so cool because then it fits into different jobs really well and i love that part of this game i think that is probably the most fun and especially when you are battling uh against you know enemies monsters and even the bosses like it is such a joy and you can always play it on hard or normal or like any difficulty i think hard is pretty hard i tone it down after <laughs> uh <laughs> several hours or so but yeah i and i'm not ashamed of that but yeah i am in agreement with the characters i really like elvis on the superficial side initially but i realized that the guy he he can be he has a bit of a depth, and but I have to say though, I think Gloria and Adele are my favorite protagonists. They have they're very strong. They have a lot of depth. Uh, you know, Gloria isn't your typical um, character in her in the way she, she's presented initially. So that's the best way I can, mm -hmm. I can say it without <laughs> spoiling her character. But um, and it, it's just a grand old time. I think that when it comes to grinding, you know. Grinding has always been that sort of, oh, I don't want to grind in the RPG. Well, in Bravely Default 2, you're grinding with a purpose. It's not just like mindless mm -hmm. grinding. You're you're grinding because, you know, you want to try different jobs. You want to mix and match. You want to be able to fight a different style. And, you know, the person that may be your healer could actually be your strongest attacker. And in this case, mm -hmm. mine was Gloria. Like, she was like, I won't say what the job name is, but it's like, 
it was just amazing. Like I, she's she literally is like my number one character in the game in terms of like battling. Like I, there's times where if I want to, uh, you know, just get things done, you know, defeat monsters, like she's the go-to. And um, I think another thing too, what I really liked is that there is a part of this game where you're able to put your game on standby and get things while your game yes. is on standby. It's it's this exploration mode where you're able to. Um, you put it on standby, and then you come back after a max twelve hours, and then you can um, see where you know your your main characters uh, go on this like journey in text, and it's just text, but it seems pretty surreal because it's like wow, like even when my game is on standby for those number of hours, like it's actually doing something, and you and you get all these items that are cool and these treasures, and it just adds a little touch to the game, and I do like the world. Uh, the cities and the towns that you go mm-hmm. to, it, it they do a great job with building the world, and I just I thought the art style, I didn't I could see why people have like a certain taste to the art style. I mean I I think it's pretty cool. I I think it fits very well with the the genre and, um and yeah like I said the voice acting was pretty strong and I I do wish that the party chat was a bit more. Like where they can actually, you know, have those voices, but that's okay. I mean, this is a very minor thing. And then, yeah, yeah. I, but I have to say though, and I'm, and I, I will be apologetic for saying this. I, I don't think the story is the strongest. Although I haven't finished the game, um, mm. I am looking forward to how it ends. But uh, that was just something that I've alluded to before, where, you know, we've seen these sort of stories over and over again. But I think it's good enough to get through and just play through the game and so and that's fine because i think it is a high expectation to expect a super original story uh but other than that like look i gave it 8 out of 10 i think it's a solid score um i i I've, i've enjoyed it so far i'm at least 40 45 hours in and uh i'm excited to finish the game so yeah it it is it definitely is a gem i definitely would recommend it to people who want a very gripping battle system to start with i think they do it a phenomenal job they do a phenomenal job um it's one of the best battle systems i've seen bar none yep yeah i i agree and i do think that it is accessible to people who might be overwhelmed by a pretty complex battle system um you know and i i made use of the equip recommended quite a lot and then I would make changes based on maybe what kind of monster I was fighting because maybe I had a weapon that was, you know, good against that or, or wasn't, you know, and I'd need to remove it um, because it might not be the best in, in terms of what the game was determining. Um, but that was a really helpful initial step to to make it uh, work for, for me. And, you know, because while I, I've now said that RPGs are my favorite, I don't feel like you, Kevin, where I've played an extensive amount of them. So um, I like touches like that that make it more accessible to mm. gamers like me. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think that Bravely Default 2 is definitely just like, especially if it's if it's like you who, you know, like are are just starting to get more to RPGs and, you know, really uh, I mean, it, it's a, it, I think for the way the story is built and the concept and the battle system, like it's very well done. I mean, just overall. But I guess because I've played through, you know, quite a bit of RPGs in the past, I have a certain level of expectation, um, which it, it may or may not be fair. But, um, but you know, I I don't know. For me, like I, I'm just always looking for something new, something fresh. And what I found was characters that I do enjoy, 
um and you know that that thing that you mentioned with beck calling that thing which was <laughs> which was so which i thought was pretty cool too i mean i i honestly didn't expect it but i was like wow okay this is this is pretty cool and so i uh yeah it, it mm, i i just had i had a lot of fun um with the game so far and so uh yeah i mean i know that these sort of jrpgs they they can be a grind but i think it's worth playing nice. yeah so wait what was your score for the game again kevin it is an eight so you would say you would give it a four twice? I would give it <laughs> a four twice if I were brave by default. Don't ban me, Kelvin. <laughs> no, but yeah, I... <laughs> that may change after I finish the game, but I think for now, I... Ah, uh, that's true. I, it's, 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 it's a fun time. Yep. Well, for me, I gave it two fives. <laughs> um. <laughs> and... And I don't, and I don't take that lightly. You know, I th- this really has probably been my favorite game on Switch, which is really hard for oh, me wow. to say because up until now, I think it's been Splatoon, um, which I still really love. It's a very different type of game, but um, I just I, I can find so little fault in it. Um, you know, Kevin, you mentioned the story, and and my argument to Matt to that would be, well, I think it's very character driven, and. Mm-hmm. You know, the party chat, I agree with you, you don't get the voices for that, but a lot of the side quests you still do. And there are really these moments of connection between the characters that rival Octopath Traveler. Like, I really loved Octopath Traveler, but there was that disconnect between your party. And this game, there's such a connection between the party that they could be trying to go order a pizza instead of defeating the people that they're trying to defeat. And I would want to get behind them. Because <laughs> they're, they're, they're just, I, and I think the voices have such a huge part of that. I don't know if any of you are Outlander fans mm. or Call the Midwife, but there are actors from both of those shows featured in this. Um, and, and I love the different accents that are used for the different regions. And Kevin, I'm sure you notice this when you go from one location to another. Yes. The music's the same but different. And there are just all these really nice touches um, and how forgiving the game can be. Because you can walk into a battle completely unprepared and you go, oh, well, this this uh, setup is not going to work. I've got to go back and rethink this and think the abilities that you mentioned that, you know, you can kind of uh, juxtapose them in a way that pulls out the strengths of your party members, but also uh, in order to attack the the big bad that you're taking on. And I just, I really felt like I learned more about myself as a player along with learning more about the game as I went. And I don't, I can't think of another game that really feels that good and that that way and maybe Mm. you guys have one but for me it was bravely default too yeah that's wow that definitely is really nice to hear and i'm really glad that you do appreciate bravely default too um as a game it is and i i have to agree with the side quest there are certain ones that are just like like the ones that are you know with voice acting like i i don't want to spoil it here but there was one in particular that uh Ah, oh, I was just mind blown. I was like, what am I seeing now? Like, how is this a side quest? This shouldn't be a side quest. <laughs> and I was just blown away by the the careful details of it, the dialogue between the characters with the the characters in the side quest. And um, yeah, I just, 
I'll talk, I'll talk to you about it later, Laura, but yeah. Um, okay, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm like totally yeah, curious yeah, yeah. now. And I was just like, what? <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, and there's a few side quests. Like you go in and you think, oh, okay, I must be ready for this. Nope. Nope. <laughs> You're not. Yeah. You know, I, I, there was one in particular that I, I essentially had to beat the game before I could go back and do it. Oh, like, my. It was so tough, so tough. But I was going to do it. I, I, and I, I really like uh, the, the type, this type of game that, that doesn't feel like grinding, but feels like I'm going to persevere. Like, you know, you really just, you want to champion it. And I, it just, oh, so good. So. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I can definitely say that uh, this game's got the NJP seal of approval. Obviously, oh. it's been rated highly. Couple fours, couple fives, doubled up there, eights and nines and tens. <laughs> So definitely, if you're looking for an RPG, I would say Monster Hunter Rise, Bravely Default 2, you can't go wrong with those two games. So to really wrap up this episode and the responses from the survey, we are going back to where it all started. When we announced that RPGs were going to be the genre of the month, we had this discussion of, well, what is an RPG? Because they have so many elements that have been borrowed to all different types of games We see skill trees, levels, parties, all these different mechanics that were almost exclusive to RPGs now being implemented into other games. So we had asked the community in as few words as possible, what makes a game a true RPG instead of a game with RPG elements? So I'm going to ask for your guys' thoughts, but I'll give you some time to think about it while I read everyone else's responses. So Swilly said, immersion into the world. You're the hero and it's your actions that make the difference. So really kind of leaning into the importance of the world in the game. I really like that. Mm. Dragon said, an RPG is more like a game that takes you on a journey with its defining story and characters. Yeah, I think journey and RPG are definitely synonymous there. It just feels more grand, which is really cool. Um, Cube said, equipment and stats, which beg to be min-maxed, grinding and side quests. Definitely strikes me as the type of RPG player that really wants to kind of exploit the system, find how to maximize (laughs) things right away, especially selling all that water for overpowered equipment. Um, I think that's really cool. I really like hearing stories about that when people play RPGs. Forest Dragon, I really like this one too. In the words of Justice Potter Stewart, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Really hard to put a finger on, but you definitely know you're playing in an RPG when you're playing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then Shy Guy said, the answer is in the eye of the player, which I really like because yeah. I think that's true. So what do you guys think? What makes an RPG an RPG instead of a game with RPG elements? I definitely have to go with the characters. You know, the, the great, it has to have great characters and those great characters, just by being great, they end up making a very good story. And also, it has to be, it has to have an engrossing battle system. One of those gameplay systems that keeps you wanting to keep playing the game. Um, it doesn't feel like grinding if you're having fun all the time. Yeah, it's very well said. And mine is quite similar to yours, Serge. Uh, I said that a true RPG is a game that heavily relies on its characters playing roles in the world to drive the narrative. So the fewest words i can use (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i really echo all of your sentiments i mean i said an immersive story with characters and gameplay that levels up stats and abilities that further enhances the gameplay and story because Mm. i do think if if it can kind of piggyback on itself to to kind of gain momentum um it 
it makes it a stronger game and story. Uh, but I, I think everybody's really got it. And I think because gaming is something about kind of putting yourself in the game, so many games can feel like an RPG that I think Shy probably said it best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And whenever I think of RPGs, I'm always brought back to kind of the roots of Dungeons and Dragons, which I've never really played. But there's that aspect of building a character, moving through a scenario or story, and then relying on different stats. You can almost like break out a spreadsheet and try to maximize everything. There's numbers that determine outcomes. And there's almost always an element of randomness where you could hit a critical hit, or you could be attacked from behind, or you could sneak up on an opponent. And so I would say just a really story-driven game, the story's like king here, but you're able to complete the story by using those attributes that have numerical statistics or just any sort of value that could be exploited to make your team stronger. I would definitely say those are the mainstays of an RPG. And when you lean into those heavy enough, I would consider an RPG over an RPG-like game. Right. Cool. Well, did you guys have any final thoughts on RPGs before we put this month to rest? I think I'm going to just keep going, playing more RPGs. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, then, and then you guys let me know how Snap is, but I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I don't know, I'm really motivated. I'm like, okay, now Xenoblade 2. <laughs> oh, nice. Which is a great game. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I would say this month really increased my appreciation for where the genre has gone so far, and it's made me excited for where it's going to go. So I intentionally chose an older game in Final Fantasy VIII and a somewhat more recent game in Witcher 3, and they are very different. Um, the worlds are different, the gameplay is different, and being able to see the quality of life improvements that went from Final Fantasy VIII to a game like Witcher 3 is really exciting. It opened my eyes to what an RPG could be, and seeing where games are going now, it makes me excited for when The Witcher 3 is considered like a classic game and someone's going to be hosting a Nintendo podcast and they're going to be talking about going back and finally <laughs> playing Witcher 3 from 20 years ago and now they're playing the new game and they're talking about the improvements from you know, Witcher 3 to this new one. So yeah, I just feel like it's a genre that's really improved. I think sometimes it doesn't receive that appreciation enough for how far they've come, but I think there's still room to improve, and I really think they're going to get there here soon. Dang, 20 years from now. Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> yeah, don't think about it too long. Uh, you know, I'm just, it's dangerous. I'm, you know, I'm just focused on you know our upcoming <laughs> third year anniversary, which I'm really excited about. <clears throat> but, but yeah, no, I, I mean, Witcher 3, it's on my wish list. I don't know, man. I mean, I just got to pull the trigger, but you just hear that? That's what I'm going to play. <laughs> That's snap. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Sergio, did you have any final thoughts? It's a good one. Uh, I feel like I can play RPGs again. <laughs> I feel like I, I put them off too much thinking, oh, you know, they take forever. Um, I mean, to, to an extent, they still do, but the, the games are, are getting a little more balanced. And it's definitely okay to play them and just focus on the story. You, you're going to naturally do some of the side quests that entice you the most. But if you decide to just go for the story, you know, get get the best goods while you're there and and move on to another game, you can, yeah, I, I can definitely see myself going back to RPGs. I'm going to be playing the new uh, Nier game, or or I guess it's the original Nier game that nice. came out for 
the PS4. So I'm going to be playing that, but with Snap, you know, I want to balance things out and I just more RPGs still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'd say this month is, is a success then. That's great to see that we all enjoy playing them and look forward to playing more in the future. So yeah. really exciting. I just wanted to uh, thank everyone in the community and all of our listeners again for playing along with us, sharing your experiences. For us to have dipped into like 20 plus games as a community this month, I think is incredible. And just being able to give RPGs a spotlight for a while because they are so important to the history of video games and just gaming as a whole, I think it was really important for us to do. So really sad to see this chapter end, but we've got an exciting one coming up with Pokemon Snap and I'm really looking forward to that too. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> awesome. So I think Sergio's got a question for us, and then Kevin might have a little song after. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we have a couple of answers from our question last week, which was, what RPG game or series do you want to play, but you still haven't gotten around to it, and what about it entices you? For example, Napping Rat said, Pokemon. Never played it, but everyone loves it. Everyone but but ducks, I suppose. <laughs> <gasps> oh. <laughs> nice. Dragon said, I wanted to get into Skyrim or Elder Scrolls in general, but I just haven't gotten pulled the trigger yet. Not really sure when I will at this point. Yeah, Dragon, that, that seems like one of those other games that seems intimidating, but I'm pretty sure you would like it. Faroris Dragon said, Ooh, Golden Sun. I tried the original years ago on the Wii U eShop, but it just didn't really click with me. I'll try it again if it ever releases anywhere. But I'm the only person I've met who didn't really love it, so I will give it the benefit of the doubt and assume I missed something. Yeah, Ferris, definitely do that. It's going to be worth it for sure. Before we continue, listen, man, Ferris Dragon, you just need to play two Golden Sun games. The first two, that's it. <laughs> yes, there's no good, good there, there's no third, third one. I don't even. Know. I, I, what am I talking about? There's no third one. <laughs> the duology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Golden Sun twice. <laughs> oh, no. All right, last time, last time I make that joke. <laughs> and filmmaker said Skyrim. I'm a huge fan of the Middle Earth films, so I would imagine that this game would be a good fit for me considering the setting, but for one reason or another, I've just never gotten around to trying it out. Nice. For me, it's the Persona series. Uh, It's always looked very stylish, even before 5. I know 5 is very stylish, but even before that, I've I've always seen like the art style is very prominent in those games, and also the music, which I've heard some of it in uh, in Smash Ultimate, so... I just haven't given it the time that I think it deserves, but one day I, I definitely want to play Persona 5. I was going to say, I think that's definitely the type of game for you between the style and the music. I think it's definitely worth a try. I've only played Strikers so far, and it's less of an RPG. It's still got RPG elements, but it's not like the true Persona 5 experience. So right. maybe even dip your toe in Strikers and see if you like the world, the characters, and the music enough to jump into like a Persona 5, because that's so meaty. Like There's so mm. much there. I would say for myself, though, on what series I want to get into, it's definitely Golden Sun. And a lot of that is just because of this community. Like, (laughs) you guys have talked it up so much, and I haven't been an active gamer where it's come out and I've been hype about it. I haven't been able to go back and play any of the three in the series. So, (laughs) the two. The two. (laughs) Three. Three. Price. Um, (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, you, you should kill all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely want to try it. It seems like the gameplay is really interesting, and I just want to see what all the talk's about. So that's definitely my answer. Oh, nice. I'm excited for you, man. If you're able to play them, it's a big shot of a time. Um, yeah, it was lame. <laughs> no, this one was very easy for me. Secret of Mana. I've never played it. I've seen it. Oh. I've thought about it. I've thought about thinking about it. You know, I've <laughs> I've seen it on the, the virtual console. Well, I wish because I wasn't in Japan because it's only in Japan. Oh, <laughs> I wish they had. Actually, no, no, they had it in the US, right? For Wii or Wii U? I forgot. Anyway, I had a chance to get it. I did. I never did. And now I have another <laughs> chance on the Switch. So, oh, nice. Secret of Mana or Seiken Densetsu 2 in Japanese, which I butchered. Secret of Mana. Bam. That's what I want to play. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What entices me? Um, okay. I totally forgot. Uh, I heard that it has a real time battle system. And I'm always awesome. I'm always, I'm always. I always think that this is an awesome thing to have for an RPG because mm. I'm. I mean, turn base is nice, but I want something. Yeah. I want some real time. You know, like give me that. Yeah. yeah. Give me that Nino Kuni spirit because I love that game. And then, but then I know Secret Mana came way earlier than that, so I'm interested. So, yep. Oh, nice. Well, I have quite a few on my backlog, but I'm going to choose ones from outside of that. Um, and I, I've always wanted to play Earthbound. That's been one that's been on my list for a long Ooh, time. Nice. I need to get my hands on one of those uh, SNES classics so that I can can play it. I'm I'm constantly looking for it to see if I can find one. Um, but and and Final Fantasy has been on my list. But now that I just heard Kellen talk about Witcher Three, I, I, you've really piqued my interest. And I think I really want to check it out because I have enjoyed the more modern RPGs more, you know, and as much as I'd like to kind of go back and see the classics, I think seeing something more contemporary would probably hold my interest. Mm. Yeah. It's one of those RPGs where I feel like I can pick it up and play for an hour, just do a couple of quests and put it down and feel okay. There's definitely some adult themes to the game. So that's something to be aware of for anyone that's looking to pick up the game, like definitely research it first. And it kind of opens with some of that too, but the narrative's great, the characters are great, and it's just super well-written. So definitely want to check out, but I definitely would research it before diving into it because it is a big game. It's going to take up a ton of space on your Switch. It's a huge download. <laughs> okay. And yeah, just make sure it's the uh, right game for you, but I think it's a great one. And there's a show too, right? Isn't there like a television show? I believe there is, yeah. I haven't mm -hmm. checked it out, but yeah. I definitely want to now. And that's The Witcher Thrice, right? <laughs> the Witcher thrice. <laughs> no band hammers today. <laughs> All right. So, this week's weekly question of the week for this week. Other than Pokemon, what game franchise should get a snap type game that is photography based? Ooh. Mm. Nice. Nice. So yeah, we're we're gonna jump out of here, but definitely thank you, Laura, so much for joining us this week. It was awesome to have you. Oh, thank you all for having me so much, and and thank you for helping me fall in love with RPGs. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We're gonna jump out of here. If you haven't already, join our Discord group. The description for this episode has a link to it if you would like to join. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out our blog at nintendojump.blogspot.com. 
Send us any feedback you have at nintendojumppodcast at gmail.com. The best way to support the show is through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash nintendojump or by leaving a review for the show in your favorite podcast application. This is Sergio, and on behalf of Kevin, Kellen, and Laura, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. See you guys. Nice one, Kevin. Good yeah, job. From Final Fantasy Eight. No, I'm kidding. It's not from Final Fantasy Eight. <laughs> it's uh Bravely Default Two, the overworld theme. <laughs> and thanks thanks, Laura. Um yeah. Stay safe. Take care. Bye everybody. Goodbye once. <laughs> Goodbye twice. <laughs> Goodbye thrice. Oh jeez. <laughs> you know, I knew it wasn't a Final Fantasy VIII game, not because I finished it, but because you've already done the full soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't. Sp- you left nothing. I didn't spoil the last one. I I, I did though. Um, I mean, I, I hummed it, but I didn't. You know, I didn't. I didn't say the title by everybody. <laughs>